Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's happening, everyone? Welcome into our second off-season show. It's a short show. No guests this week. Just yours truly, uh, but we'll talk about some more roster moves going on. And of course, it's transfer season and guys are declaring for the NFL draft. So we'll take today and break down the offense for next season, including who we know have decided to come back and those who have moved on to the draft already. So honestly, it's a bit surprising uh, as some guys who I thought may have declared decided to come back, which is just huge. Huge for our chances at a title run in the fall. So that's coming up along with some news around college football, as well as dogs in the NFL playoff edition and part two of our season superlatives. Make sure and check out UGA Wire for all things Georgia football. As always, a lot of news breaking daily on whether guys are staying, leaving for next season, and roster moves and other you know recruiting moves. Everything is at ugawire.com. We break it down. We do stat breakdowns, highlights, dogs to NFL, updates, really everything you need to know. So find us on Twitter at UGA Football Live and me, I'm at J underscore Shelton underscore and of course UGAWire.com. Now we'll talk some college football real quick before we get into anything else. So Alabama and Ohio State played in the national championship on Monday. That was a beatdown. 52 to 24, Bama beat Ohio State to win what Nick Saban's seventh national championship, something like that. You know, I'm starting to feel like Bama is just a different team than when I grew up watching. It was like when Bama first started this dynasty they're at, Nick Saban got there, and specifically 2012 when Georgia played Bama. I felt like we had a chance there, and there was, you know, uh, anybody could win the SEC. But now it's like there's Bama. I mean, LSU won last year, of course, but Bama's always up there. And so it's like Bama and then everyone else behind them. So until Georgia or until somebody can win a couple of times, I think it's going to be Bama's conference. And then, you know, of course, if Nick Saban stays stays in Bama, who knows how long they're going to be dominating. Because you dominate recruiting and you dominate college football, as we found out, especially in the playoff era. Because, you know, the top four recruiting teams, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, consistently at the top. Then you throw in Oklahoma, uh, Notre Dame. Um, those guys, they recruit well, so they're at the top. I do want to see an 18 playoff or 10-team playoff eventually, just so we can get uh, more competition in there. I think it'll be, more, one, more fun to watch. I mean, more games, any more college football games I'm in for. But it'll be maybe a little bit different to see, you know, other teams get in there like Cincinnati could have been in the playoff this year which, you know, they're a good team, and we, we know that from playing them. So that could have been interesting to see them play. Um, I mean, they nobody was going to beat Bama, but um, watching those games and having some more competition there would be cool. And then we're looking at other news, and, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, Alabama's OC, went to Texas. So he'd be head coach of the Longhorns. And then Alabama replaced their offensive coordinator, I think reports came out today, with, what's his name? I, I forgot his name right now. Oh, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. So... Bill O'Brien from the Texans, and he was, I think he was, yeah, he was Penn State head coach, and then he went to the Texans head coach and GM there for a minute, for like five or six years, he got fired this season, and now is back at the Alabama coaching refurbishing clinic, um, as I like to call it. So he's back there. He'll probably get 
you know, one or two years of dominating the league, and he'll be back in the NFL and or college somewhere soon. And then we had Mike Bobo go from South Carolina. Of course, he was the OC at South Carolina this year and then became interim coach when Muschamp was fired. So now he's at Auburn, and he takes Will Friend, and now they just hired Tracy Rocker, who coached Nick Fairley, and I think he won SEC player Defensive Player of the Year as a defensive lineman for Auburn when he played. But yeah, he coached in 2009, 2010 when they won the championship. So he's back there. So Auburn's going to be very familiar when they come to Georgia. Of course, Tracy Walker spent some time here as well um, under Richt and Pruitt. So for the first time in a while, we're going to see a new Auburn team, a new Auburn look. Without Malzahn, the Gus bus has left the station. That's going to be weird. But anyway, so on to this Georgia team uh, 2021 roster. So let's look at these. And it's very interesting because... When you look at it, like we just talked about the top programs in the country and how they recruit, and they're going to be the top programs next year, too. That's Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and us, Georgia. The only things about those other teams that, you know, are going to be competing with us for that, you know, national title run, hopefully, is they all will be losing record-breaking quarterbacks to the NFL. So Alabama's Mac Jones, Ohio State's Justin Fields, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, They're all gone. They're on in the NFL. And I'm not saying they can't reload and play well because we know Clemson's backup is a baller, right? DJ, with the last name that's very hard to say, and I won't mess it up. So he's really good. He played really well against Notre Dame when he came in for Lawrence. So I think, you know, they'll be fine on offense. But can he make the plays that Trevor Lawrence did or the reads that he did, you know, uh, to give them another edge? No. He doesn't have the experience to do that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, we get in a close game with them because we know Clemson, that's who we play, right? September 4th in Charlotte where the Panthers play. I thought it was in Death Valley for a minute, um, but then I had to look that up. It's on Charlotte, but it would have been fun to play in Death Valley. I wish we could have played there, but we're playing with the Panthers play in Charlotte uh, September 4th against Clemson. And, you know, we'll be playing DJ. I think it could it could come down to that difference, you know, without, let's say, you know, Justin Fields of Ohio State, they probably wouldn't even been in the game with Alabama like they were for a minute. I mean, of course, Alabama ran it and ran away with it. Um, but there for a minute, you know, Justin Fields and, and Mac Jones were trading shots, right? I mean, it was tied at one point in 14-14, I think. So then when you look at Bama losing Mac Jones, they have, um, what's his name? Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young. I think he was the number one quarterback recruit last year, comes in, sits behind Mac Jones under Sarkeesian. I mean, I'm sure he knows the offense back and forth, but of course, they it, things might change there, obviously, with Sarkeesian leaving and Bill, Bill O'Brien coming in. They might not change things that much um, just to keep the continuity they have. But you know, he's going to have good receivers, a great line. So he'll be really good, but it's about the making those key throws that, like, like Mac Jones was so clutch in the national championship. He didn't miss anything. He was so accurate. So he can he be that accurate um, to win football games like that against like Georgia, who's returning so many stars? We'll get to that in a minute. But I think that be, could, be, could be a factor and should get Dog Nation. It's got me excited when I'm thinking about it. Should get Dog Nation excited about. 2021 and you know going up against those big time teams who we who we have trouble getting over the hump sometimes over especially Bama but I think we can definitely definitely beat Clemson first game if I'm gonna go ahead and say that now you heard it here so let's talk about dogs who have returned who decided to return for 2021 which is huge um and it's happening almost every day we have other guys declaring other guys saying, hey, I'm coming back soft you know redshirt sophomores who are eligible um seniors 
because they have another eligibility year under the NCAA guidelines because of COVID. So a lot of things going on, and I feel like we have to you know review it almost every week just because it's so hard to keep up with. But so just yesterday, Zamir White announced his return. Georgia's leading rusher. You know he had 700 yards on the season. Big get for Georgia. I mean, and James Cook. So James Cook and Zamir White, the two elder statesmen in the Georgia running back room. Now, if you think back to 2017, right, the year we went on, you know, SEC championship, Rose Bowl, should have won the Natty. So Tyler Simmons is on size. So we look at that team and we look how Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, most dynamic rushing duo in NCAA history. They came back when they could have declared for the NFL draft and they took us to where we got. I feel like a big part of that season was not only just the play of those guys, but the leadership that they provided. So I think that's huge for us. So you're going to have Zamir White, James Cook. Now this is what we're talking offense. McIntosh, Milton, and Edwards all in the backfield. Plus you have, you know, LaVise Carroll coming in. He's a great running back. So you're going to have a lot of good runners um, in this stable of backs. RBU, nonetheless. Kendall Milton is a beast. He's going to get a lot of attempts next year, and he should. I mean, he's a bruising runner, just a bruising runner. It reminds me of Nick Chubb, and I'm excited to see him come back. So that's that's the running back depth only. Um, and then we're looking at O-line. So we lost Ben Cleveland and Trey Hill. They're gone. Um, that's going to be some trouble replacing them. We, we kind of struggled against Cincinnati and replacing them. I think Warren Erickson, McClendon have rough games. But we have a whole other offseason. More guys can get a look at it, so we'll see. So O-line depth, we got Justin Schaefer and Jamari Salyer returning. They both announced their return. Jamari Salyer, I think he played left tackle, I think, because he had to, just what we had going on this year after losing Thomas and Isaiah Wilson to the draft last year. But he's a guard. Uh, we saw him at left guard versus Cincinnati. Uh, I think he'll be playing. I think him and Schaefer will be the guards. And then Warren McClendon, he'll be back because he wasn't eligible to leave anyway. So those are three starters returning. And then wide receiver, everyone returns. So imagine all those big plays this year and imagine all those guys returning for next year. So that's what we have. Um, George Pickens, you know, Dominic Blaylock. He'll be, Blaylock's coming back. You know, he's he's one of the best receivers we had two years ago as a freshman. Blazing speed. I think with him back, Pickens, Jackson, Jermaine Burton had a great year. Uh, these guys, these guys are really good. I think it'll be great for us, especially JT Daniels can get some timing down with those guys, and it'll be elite. And then we're not even talking about Arian Smith, who just breakaway speed. And we talked about him last. Maybe the only one that we're not sure of who hasn't announced his return is senior Demetrius Robertson. Now he has another year of eligibility, like we said, due to the NCAA rules for this season uh, because of COVID. So he can come back for a senior year. Hasn't decided yet. We haven't heard anything, uh, but we'll definitely, definitely release that when we do. But he may even be back too. So loaded at receiver and running back. At tight end, you're going to have Fitzpatrick back, Darnell Washington back. There's talk about a certain LSU tight end in the portal, Eric Gilbert. He might be coming in, five star. He would be huge to for our passing game. But I think with just with Darnell Washington and Fitzpatrick, we're we're good. We're set there, honestly. With how Darnell can stretch the field and block, and then Fitzpatrick is kind of a security blanket, knows how to sit in the zone um, in the middle of the field, is also a good blocker. So that's that's the offense, and you have you know JT Daniels, of course, maybe the most important part of the squad, just because the way he can stretch the field with his arm is going to be so important for us. But that's what we know about the offense in 2021 so far. I'll get into linebackers, defensive ends, uh, D tackles um, in a couple of shows, but. I want to talk about DB right now because that's that's where we're all concerned for, and you should be because we lost a lot. So we lost Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, Richard LeCount, Mark Webb, DJ Daniel, 
to the draft. That's, you know, most of our production from defensive back. And then you add on Tyreek Stevenson, who made that, you know, pretty much game-winning play versus Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl um, that gave Georgia the ball back to go win it. So he transferred. He's transferring. I see a lot of reports that he's going to Miami to go back home. I think he said that he wanted to be a bit closer to his family. I saw a report on that. But that's interesting because, I mean, if that's his reason, that's his reason. I don't blame him. But just because of the talent we've lost and the production we've lost, you feel like he would have had a great opportunity to step in somewhere. Anyway, so he's gone, but who's left, right? So we saw some of these guys um, perform well versus Cincinnati, particularly Latavius Brini, I thought. Um, I thought he played really well. He made some key tackles, had like two tackles for loss from a safety spot. But I think he played some star as well. Uh, so, you know, Latavius Brini, Lewis Seen, who is going to be huge in the back end. So it's all, you know, most of this is communication at defensive back, especially with the offenses now and the way they're going. Just look at Alabama, look at LSU, the way they run past schemes. And it's hard to be defensive back nowadays. Then you add on targeting penalties, and that's a whole new discussion we can talk about later. But So Lewis Seen, he's going to be very important, I think, to take over that leader in the secondary. Uh, with LeCount obviously moving on, he's going to need to be that guy. And then we have Chris Smith, who played well in LeCount's stead. Keely Ringo, so five-star recruit last year. Um, I think he separated his shoulder, had to have shoulder surgery. So he missed this season with, with that, but he was practicing some towards the end of the season and dressed out. It looked good. It looked like he gained some weight from coming in. So the, you know, the strength staff's been working with him. So he'll be ready to go for next season. I'm excited to see what he can do. And then Jalen Kimber, Amir Speed, Major Burns, Darren Branch, and William Poole. All guys who've seen time, they, they have experience, but you know not every down experience, but we'll see. I mean, I think Amir Speed uh, could be big at, at safety and star. As a big guy, he can run. Um, and William Poole, I like the way he plays. He plays downhill. Not afraid to get his head in the mix. And then you talk about incoming recruits who are going to be even more important with how many we're losing. You got Kamari Lasseter, Nyling Green, David Daniel, and Javon Bullard. So those guys, they could contribute early. I hope they're ready. Um, we talked to, we talked to Kamari Lasseter last week. And if, if you haven't heard that show, that's, that's a good interview just to hear what his plans are. And we talked about his recruitment and his future as a dog. So if you hadn't heard that one, just go back to the last episode. Um, his interview is in there. But he's a talented kid. Nylon Green, a very highly rated corner. So they can come in. They can produce. Um, it's just about putting it together, right? Especially when we play. If we play Alabama in the SEC Championship, which I fully expect, that's going to be you know, a tough, tough ask, but hopefully we have some experience by then. Another question that arises there, though, is will we look for transfers in the transfer portal? Because that's like free agency now in college football, right? In the last few years, the transfer portal has just exploded. In Georgia, we've suffered and we've gained, right? You know, Mr. JT Daniels is one of those we gained. But one that sticks out of my mind that I just know of right now is Christian Tut from Auburn. So he's a cornerback in Auburn experienced guy knows how to play in the sec he's going somewhere we're not sure where he's going to go yet but could we make a move for him i don't know or maybe even that's just an example maybe we could move uh for an sec guy somebody who's um who's used to these offenses used to certain receivers so we can get experience that way that would be interesting that would be that would help as well i think so yeah that's where we're at right now as far as db so we'll talk about more position groups as we move forward this offseason and make sure we know the depth chart and who's on who's off and who we can expect to see go out against Clemson. So now on to our season superlatives, part two, part two of the UGA Football Live superlatives, and then we'll get on to dogs in the NFL playoff edition. 
So season superlatives part two. Last week, I named QB JT Daniels as the offensive player of the year. And this week, I'm releasing the UGA Football Live receiver of the year. So Georgia really had two guys separate themselves in the passing game this season, in my opinion. So it came down to choosing between those two guys. And I'll say before I mention who the winner is that I took into account, you know, consistency overall. The offense, especially the passing game, was completely turned on its head when JT came in. I mean, his arm strength and the way he throws it, it just changed the way we played from Stetson Bennett and Dwan Mathis. So when he came in in Game 7, I think it changed things a little bit. Uh, but I'm talking consistency here, uh, pass catching, route running, do, really doing it all, is especially clutch, right? Catching it when we need to, big downs. Here we go. Drum roll again. I, if y'all made fun of my drum roll, it's fine because I like my drum roll. I could have just added a sound there, but I think banging on my desk, it feels, it feels cool. It feels cool. The UGA Football Live Receiver of the Year goes to Kiaris Jackson. So it came down between Jackson and George Pickens for me. Pickens definitely came on towards the end of the season uh, with a couple of big performances versus Missouri and Cincinnati. I think as him and JT got some connection there. But really the most consistent pass catcher on this team in 2020 was Kiaris. He was flat out clutch when we needed him to be. I mean, especially on third downs, um, big passing downs. He, he caught touchdowns on third downs. He was very important, I think, to our early success in the season with you know with Bennett and Dwan Mathis uh, before JT came in, and even after JT came in, he kept his consistency. Um, he didn't drop anything, and that was the biggest for me. So Pro Football Focus said out of 48 targets to Karis Jackson, zero drops, which they said was the best in the SEC, the best rate in the SEC. So congratulations, Kiaris. Finished with 36 catches for 514 yards and three touchdowns. Um, honorable mention to Pickens and Jermaine Burton. The freshman, of course, had that big game versus Mississippi State, almost passing 200 yards. I think, you know, Georgia's going to be absolutely loaded at receiver this fall, and I'm here for it. Now, on to dogs in the NFL playoffs, wild card weekend. So, playoff edition, there were six games this wild card weekend, which is really awesome. There's three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Glorious football weekend, which is all I'm here for it. I am here for it. I don't care what it is. If it's a football, I'm watching it. So, let's start it off with Colts kicker, Hot Rod, Blankenship, Rodrigo made his first ever playoff field goal in the Colts' 24-27 loss to the Bills. They did lose, though. He did miss one which I think he would have made up for if they could have found a way to get down the field and set him up for a game winner. Because I saw him warming up on the sideline, and it gave me flashbacks to 2017 when he was warming up on the net about to hit that Rose Bowl kick at ha- right before halftime that he nailed the Rose Bowl record. So that's what it reminded me of, but they, he didn't get a chance. They didn't get down the field. But regardless, Rodrigo had a great NFL season, his first season in the NFL, and it was an absolute success when you look at it. I mean, he finished fifth in points with 139, so fifth in the league in points. So congratulations, Rodrigo. Great season. But now we're moving on to Bears wide receiver Riley Ridley. Now, he only caught two passes for 36 yards, but that was his first NFL playoff catch of his career, that first one. And in a wild card weekend versus the Saints, I mean, that was really cool for him. So moving on to Browns running back Nick Chubb. Chubb did his thing. Man, did his thing against Pittsburgh. So the Browns were underdogs to the Steelers, and they just absolutely demolished them. Demolished them. And, you know, Chubb ran for 18 times for 76 yards, caught four passes for 69 yards, including a game-sealing 
40-yard touchdown catch in a 48-37 win over Pittsburgh. Huge game for Nick. And it was it's so awesome watching him, you know, dominate the league because we saw how great he was at Georgia. The knee injuries, of course, kind of derailed a part of his college career. Still second all-time leading rusher in Georgia history. But, you know, just to see everyone else get to witness um, his just his dominance is really fun to watch, I think. RBU, RBU. But congrats to Nick there because uh, he helped the Browns to their first playoff win since 1995. 1995. I mean, I'm a Falcons fan, so I've been through it. But 1995 is a, is a crazy long time. I've not even been alive. I wasn't even alive in 1995, and they haven't won a playoff game. That sounds like a horrible, horrible team to be a fan of. But not this year because they're moving on to the divisional round. Divisional round, that's right. So we got Chiefs and Brown. And so we'll see Miko Hardman and Nick Chubb. Facing off, that'll be interesting. Uh, nobody's giving the Browns a chance, but I'd love to see him win. And then we got Rams linebacker Leonard Floyd, who finishes off the wild card weekend, dogs in the NFL. So Floyd sacked Russell Wilson two times to give him 12 and a half sacks on the year and the Rams 30 to 20 win over Seattle. Just a great season for Leonard Floyd, who came over from the Bears, got traded from the Bears to the Rams this season and really found his niche. I mean, that's, and he'll be on, who do they play? Let me look it up. Let me find it real quick. They play Green Bay. So he's going to have to play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at Lambeau Field. That's going to be a hard game, but to see him get a sack on Rodgers would be really fun. So if you want to tune in that one, that's at 435 on Fox. And then we'll look at Cleveland, Kansas City. So if you want to see Nick Chubb and Miko, that's at 305 on CBS. Next week, I'll be back. We'll do NFL playoffs divisional round. So we'll do dogs in the NFL divisional round. So that'll be next week. That's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks again for listening and hanging out with me each week. Please hit the subscribe button and give us a rating. Only five-star ratings allowed, though. And if you have time, a review would be awesome so we can get this show bigger and better for the fall because I think this 21 season is going to be big for UGA. So let me know what you think of who's all returning so far. I'm on Twitter at J underscore Shelton underscore, and we are at UGA Football Live. Next week, I'll be back with a guest to talk some ball. But until then, stay safe, everyone, and go dogs. Tyler Sims was on sides.